Promise that I will never change Cause it's inside of me Trying to stack my chips And it's enough to feed my family Want the whole world to know The hood is still inside of me I'm trying to make them believe Welcome back This is Real Sports Talk Once again It's your boy Micah in the building Um Doing things a little bit different this week, man. Having some difficulties with the app, so we're going to go solo this week. Just going to be me on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, by next week, we can get D-Mill and Corey back on. But for this week, it's going to be a solo act. So, uh, going to be bringing some different things to you. Mostly college football, because that's what this is all about. But before we start, um, just want to talk about something a little bit personal, uh, close to home for me. Um, for those that don't know... Um, there's been a situation with my family uh, trying to get through it. I've done a lot of things that, that I can do. Hopefully, I can do a little bit more in the upcoming week or so. Um, but for those that don't know, if you follow me on Twitter, Micah underscore Chapman, um, you saw I posted that GoFundMe. It's just some assistance for my sister and her family. Um, just lost their house. They're trying to find another place right now um, due to unforeseen circumstances um if you can't man donate if you have donated already i appreciate it um if you haven't donated and wanted wanted to donate uh you can go on my page just to pin tweet all you got to do is click on the link and it'll take you to a place where you can donate um you can also do it in my venmo um at delvon d-e-l-v-a-u-n 78 or you can do it in my cash app uh, money sign Micah Chapman but uh, go check on my Twitter if you follow me on Twitter uh, Micah underscore Chapman M-I-C-A-H underscore C-H-A-T-M-A-N you can follow me and the pin tweet once again um, it'll let you know what the situation is if you wanted to donate I would really appreciate it man for everybody that has donated once again uh, thank you I appreciate all the help and all your support thank you for all those who have retweeted it um Word has got out quick, man, but I just appreciate all the help just trying to get them back on their feet and settle once again. Uh, so that's kind of what the situation is. Um, hopefully they can be taken care of real soon and I can help out as much as I can. And if you've put in some help, once again, thank you. I really appreciate it. But now to get into what this podcast is really about, it's all about sports. So let's talk about some sports. Week zero, uh, the Florida Gators Picked up the victory, 1-0 over the Miami Hurricanes, 24-20. Closer than what a lot of fans expected, but really what the analysts predicted. They they actually thought Miami could pull off the upset uh, closer than expected. I said 31-17. I'm not mad at the 24-20. It's a rivalry game, first of all. Um, those games are always close. You never know what can happen. So us coming out with the victory in a sloppy game, uh, turnover prone, ugly game on both sides for both teams, but I'll take the win any day. We're one and zero. They're zero and one. I can't be mad. We got a a week off, and then we're going into the game with Tennessee Martin. So I can't be upset right now. Some things we got to clean up on both sides of the football, but I know we're gonna get that fixed up. I'm not really worried. Uh, first things first. Um, I know there's been a lot going on on Twitter, uh, Facebook, social networks. All that about the play of Felipe Franks. Look, first of all, let's start with this. There, Yes, there has been some unfair criticism from some people. Uh, most people, their criticism is warranted because they've seen this type of play from Franks um, from time to time. Uh, I don't know how you can judge a quarterback off of the first game of the season. He turns the ball over. That's fine. It's understandable. I expected him to play a little bit better, but I'm not going to actually be mad about that um first off let's talk about the turnovers real quick uh the first fumble fumble in the red zone uh that's on him he has to take the blame for that um the play was there it's a read option play you can either hand it off to the running back or pull it and make the throw he had a receiver open i think that's what he wanted to do um i believe there was a miscommunication between him and p ryan on that play this is the thing. When you're running an RPO, the quarterback has control of the whole situation. He has control of the offense. He has control of the play. He has to make the decision with the football. There's no such thing as, oh, it's an RPO. Uh, should the running back have taken the ball? No. 
running back never takes the ball in the RPO. That's not what it's for. It's a run-pass option. That means it's on the quarterback to make the decision. Felipe Franks, he looks like he tries to make the decision, just didn't have a complete handle on the football. Um, he's got to be better in that area. When you're running a run-pass option, you're in control of the football. You put it in the stomach. You put it in the belly of the running back, but you are in total control. That means you have to have the strength of the football in your hands when you want to pull it and make the throw. Grimes was there for the throw. It was open. We understand that. Can't have those turnovers in the red zone. That's the first turnover. Um, the interception that he threw um, over the head of Freddie Swain. A lot of people thought it was intended for Cleveland. It wasn't. It was a perfect read. He read the play perfectly. The linebacker slipped underneath, and he had Swain open over the middle. The thing is, with the pressure from the right side, um, the Lance got pushed back into the quarterback. Um, can't have that from your right tackle, but also your quarterback has to be better in that situation. You can't be afraid of the hit. Step into the throw. Uh, you're going to get hit. You're playing quarterback. That's what comes with it. Step into the throw. Deliver the ball on point. Your receiver gets the catch. He has a lot of space to run. The safety wasn't even in position ready to make a play on the tackle. Now, the, the interception was a great play by the safety. I give it to him. The one hand, he, he adjusted to it. Good concentration. But that's one of those things where the throw could have been lower. And the throw also could have been caught. We can put some blame on Swain as well. Um, the ball hits your hands. He got two hands on the football. You should be able to come down with it. I don't care how high it is. Um, if you get two hands on it, make the play. It did go through his hands. It should have been a lower throw, though. So I'm going to put that blame on Felipe. So that's two two plays that could have been made by your quarterback that needs to be made. Um, let's move to the fumble on the pitch. Um, first of all, it wasn't a fumble. Malik Davis should have stayed on the ground with the ball in his hands. Let's skip all that. Um, as far as the play call, the play call was perfect. Got uh, the defensive end heel um, in a two-on-one situation. He has to decide what he has to do. Um, are you going to take the quarterback? Or are you going to pick up the running back? Felipe, I wish he would have held on to it just a little bit more just to pull the defensive end towards him a little bit more. But the pitch was perfect. It was on the line where it was supposed to be. That play is going to be on the running back. I put it on Malik Davis. He has to be better. Um, first of all, he was late getting out of the backfield. Um, on the snap, he took off a little bit late. Then his angle, he was a little bit too close to the quarterback, and the pitch was actually to get him going up the field. And I don't know if he got distracted by Hill making the right read and trying to get out to him on time, but if he catches that smoothly, he's going to outrun Hill to the corner no matter what. And he has a lot of green grass in front of him. It's Malik Davis. He has speed. He's going to make a play. Um, I don't know what the deal is with 20 but ever since he came back from that first time being injured he just hasn't been the same player um i don't know if he's if he's just gonna need a little bit more time to get settled but right now um maybe with the ut martin game we can try to get him settled in a little bit more but once we get into conference play if he's still playing that way it's time to move on to other people in the backfield i'm a big fan of getting the ball to 27, I think he should be running back too. And then if you got, got to get somebody else in the backfield, let Tony get some of those carries because he's electric with the ball in his hands. We've seen it. We saw it on his touchdown run. Um, he can handle some of those plays as well, um, which is what he's good at. When you get him the ball and let him make plays. So that will help out as well until Malik figures out what's going on. I don't know if it's mental or physical, physically, Everybody says he looks fine. I think it's a mental thing, and I don't think he's fully back to where he needs to be at. So once we get into conference play, we can't have that. Um, hopefully we can get Pierce more involved. He ran the ball hard, even though it won't show up in the stats. Um, he ran the ball well when he got the opportunity. I was really impressed with P. Ryan, um, even though he didn't break any long runs or anything like that. He ran the ball effectively, caught the ball out of the backfield, and most importantly, he picked up the blitz when he needed to. That's what we need out of our running backs. So um, keep P. Ryan on the field as much as possible. Let Pierce get in there a little bit more. Let him run the football. Let Malik try to figure out what's going on with him um, mentally. 
Um, but that play I put on Malik Davis. Now, the interception in the fourth quarter with us in the lead. Stupid play by Felipe Franks. I give you that. Very, very stupid. Um, I don't know what he was thinking. Throwing that football in that situation. Take the sack. Take the sack. Yes, it was stupid. But also, I put more of the blame on Dan Mullen. It was a stupid play call, first of all. And then if you actually look at the play, I have no idea what he was trying to run. I think he was trying to get somebody on a wheel route down the sideline. But he had Trayvon Grimes running a bubble. It looked like a bubble screen route or something like that. And he ran about six yards backwards. And that pump fake is not going to fool good defenses. We say Miami has an elite defense. Um, First of all, let's stop the elite defense talk. That defense is not elite. Um, They're good in the front seven. I say good. They're not great. That pass rush was non-existent all game. Um, The linebackers are okay. I really like Quarterman. He proved me wrong. But all the other linebackers didn't really show me anything. That secondary is very overrated. There were receivers running open the whole game. Uh, Sometimes Felipe made the throw. Sometimes he didn't. Um, But that play design on the second interception, um, I have no idea what Mullen was calling. It's four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Run your four-minute offense. Run the football. You got P. Ryan. You've got Felipe who can run. You've got Tony who made a couple plays early in the game. Run the football. Try to run the clock out. Trust your defense who have been playing Lights out mostly all game outside of the plays when they missing tackles, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but run the football, trust your defense. Punt it, push them back down the field, trust them to make plays. It's early in the season. We can trust our defense more than we can trust our offense right now. That's the thing. So Felipe, as far as the criticism, that's going to come. You're a quarterback. You should be able to take the criticism, let it, Go in one ear, out the other one. Don't even respond to it. But it's Felipe Franks. He plays with a fiery demeanor. I love when he plays with that demeanor. Um, Talking to the crowd, I wouldn't advise it. But, hey, if that's what it takes to get you to play well, you do what it takes to get you to play well. I'm not going to tell you to stop doing it because then you're going to go back into a shell and you're going to play like the quarterback that we don't need you to be. You're going to be timid. You're going to shy up and not make the decisions when you need to make them. You have the arm. I wish he would have the demeanor of some other quarterbacks who have this big arm where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to take this risk because I feel like I can fit the ball in these tight situations. He doesn't do it, which I understand he wants to take care of the football, all that. Um, It's understandable, but sometimes I wish he would take the risk because I would be better off with him taking the risk than not taking it and we live to see him do something else on a different play or we don't take advantage of a situation because he's timid and afraid of taking chances. Now, as far as as far as that, the quarterback situation, that's done. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the offense and talk about how they played and how they did in this game. The running back situation, uh, I talked about the rotation. Uh, P. Ryan did a great job. Um, running the ball hard. Um, he was effective catching the ball out of the backfield as well. But his best attribute on Saturday was stepping up and picking up the blitz. Every time there was a free rusher or a late blitzer coming in, he stepped up towards the line of scrimmage and he made the decision, I'm going to protect my quarterback. So I was very excited about watching him do that. Um, that's what separates him from the rest of the running back group. Uh, him deciding he's going to step up into the hole, pick up the free blitzer or pick up the free rusher, and he's going to step up and make the decision to stonewall him. So that's what gives him the advantage over every other running back in the running back room. Until the others can do that effectively, he's going to get the most playing time. That's simple. Um, Wide receivers. Let's start off with the one that everybody talks about. Um, they love him. I'm coming around to opening up to him a little bit more. Um, Kadarius Tony, really good play on the first touch of the game, the touchdown. Um, great job getting up the field. Good blocking from everybody. Um, but he did a good job getting up the field, 
making people miss and getting into the end zone. I love that about him when he decides what he wants to do with the football and when he decides to put his foot in the ground and get up the field, that's when he's effective. That's when I love to watch him play football. Um, the one negative I have about him is when he's indecisive and the play is not going to get big yardage. He tries to do too much. And we saw that with the end around um, him running backwards. We can't have you doing that. Um, make up your mind. Even if it's nothing there, try to get up the field, get one or two yards, live to play the next down. That's fine. We can we can live with that. Don't run backwards for a loss of six yards and put us in a in a second or third and long to where we got to try to come up and make a big play when we shouldn't have to. But because you did something wrong, we can't do it. Um, but I still love the explosiveness, want to see it more. Um, hopefully we can see him make some plays down the field as the season progresses. Um, Van Jefferson didn't have a big game catching the football, only had one catch. Um, but that one catch was a really nice one. He made a good decision, um, a nice adjustment really on the blitz from the cornerback and came up with a nice catch from Felipe Franks. Um, his blocking was really great in this game, blocking down the field. Uh, that's one thing about him. He's not afraid to get down and dirty. He's going to block and he's going to make plays. Um, Tyree Cleveland, um, once again, good blocker, doing some great things. He only had one catch. It came on their best corner. He was the only receiver to catch a pass on Bandy the whole game, um, a 13-yard catch. But he was open for a couple more. Um, but I love his unselfishness. He's going to go out there and play the game, and he's going to do everything he can to help everybody else look good. Um, playing special teams, him and Van Jefferson, it's not very often you see two starting receivers playing on special teams as well, but they do a great job as the Gunners. Uh, Van came up with the fumble on the Jeff Thomas punt, um, punt return opportunity, um, which gave us the go-ahead touchdown. So our two starting receivers are two of the most unselfish players you're going to see in college football, both playing special teams, uh, which is crazy, but I love it. They they love it. I love it. Um, Trayvon Grimes had a couple times when he was open. He had two RPOs that should have been touchdowns if Felipe Franks was on his A game. Um, we didn't get him the ball, um, but did draw that long pass interference penalty against Al Blades. Um, just want to see more from him as the season progresses. I think we're going to see more, um, but, um, nice job getting on the field, doing what you're supposed to do and creating opportunities. Um, everybody else in the receiving group, Swain, um, good job on the punt returns. Um, he did have the one drop. I consider it a drop because the ball hit his hands, a high throw from Felipe, but still, um, one of those that if you ask Freddie, he's going to say, well, I could have came down with that. So I expect them next time to come down with the football. Um, but let's get to our best receiver on the team. Number 10, the guy that nobody talks about, but he always makes plays and never drops the football. Josh Hammond, uh, big play on the 65 yard catch. Um, he's always open. That's one thing I say about him. He has underrated speed. His hands are off the chart. And when we need a big play, we always go to number 10. If nobody ever notices that, I do. He is always going to be open. And when you get him the ball, he's going to make something happen. So uh, big shout-out to Josh Hammond. Uh, four catches, 93 yards. We needed every one of those yards in this game. So big shout-out to him. Um, he just does it every single time. He's Mr. Reliable. And that's what we need. He's basically what... Dallas Baker was for Chris Leak. That's what Josh Hammond is for Felipe Franks. That's what we need from him every single game. We know he's going to do it. He's not going to talk much. He's just going to let his play do the talking. So I like that. Um, let's talk about Kyle Pitts for a second. Um, three catches, 33 yards, some really nice catches, one over the middle, one where he got some blocking from Cleve and also from Tony and almost got into the end zone. I want to see us use him more, especially in the red zone, um, possibly get him on some fades or even across the middle um, just to get him the football. That guy, is he's explosive. Um, he's a mismatch. Um, you can't put a linebacker on him because they're too slow. 
can't put a safety or a corner on them because they're too small. So hopefully we can get them the football more, use them in that Cornelius Ingram um, type role because that's basically who he plays the game like. Um, his blocking needs to get better, but as of right now, we can work with that. He's going to catch the football no matter where you throw it. Um, so hopefully we can get him the ball a little bit more as well. Um, that all goes down to play calling and quarterback play, um, which we're going to see Mullen get better. We're also going to see Felipe get better. I don't think Felipe is just going to stay in this same spot. He's going to be this turnover-prone um, regression quarterback. No, he's going to get better. He knows he has to get better. He knows he has to be better with the football. He's going to get better. The whole team is going to get better. It's the first game of the season, people. Let's relax. Relax a little bit. We're 1-0. Offensive line, Nick Buchanan played well. Brett Heggie played well. Number 67, I will say for his first game as a starter, he did really good. I will give him his props. Now, the tackles, I will say this. Um, Stone, Stone Foresight, great in pass protection, weak in the run game. He has to get better at the point of attack. I don't know if he's just... Um, that week or if he's scared for some reason. But you got to get better in the run game. you got to be more physical. Uh, DeLance, right tackle. Great in the run game, a little weak in the pass game. you got to be able to hold your ground in the pass game. Um, if you're going to be the right tackle, I know the right tackle is known more for run blocking than pass blocking, but you got to do better in the passing game, which I'm expecting he will. He had a whole season off of football. Um, basically almost two years off without playing football, really, for the Lance. So uh, hopefully he can get better at right tackle, which I think he will. Pass protection is a little weak. Um, but the run game, getting up the field to the second level, he was great. He was getting down the field on the Tony touchdown, got up the field for a block, um, did a great job on the second level on a run for P. Ryan. Um, that should have went longer if Stone had got up to the second level like he's supposed to. But that's little things that we can fix on film. So um, a lot of positives with the offense, a few negatives that got to be worked on. But, hey, it's game one. We put up 24 points. There were plays that could have been made that we didn't make. We're going to make them as the season progresses. As far as the defense, so much to like um, with the defense and so much to dislike. Um, a few things I did like, the pass rush. Those two defensive ends could be the best pair of defensive ends in the country by the time this season is over. 58-92, uh, they're going to be great. Keep looking out for those. The corners are going to be lights out once again. Marco got his feet wet. He had a couple shaky plays in there. But most of the time when it was a pass and play, blanket coverage. Nobody caught a pass on C.J. Henderson. They want to talk about the tackling issues. Yeah, he, he whiffed on a couple of them, I will say that. But that's mostly effort. You got to want to. Um, nobody caught a pass. He was targeted, I believe, three times. Didn't allow a catch. Can't be mad about that. Um, linebacker play. Really, really encouraged by linebacker play. Didn't hear much from Reese, but that's because the defensive line was so dominant. Um, Ventrell Miller was everywhere. Um, got to give him his props. Hopefully he gets more playing time. And hopefully that shows that he can handle himself in coverage which if he can handle himself in coverage, I say put him on the field more because that opens up so much more for this defense. Amari Bernie was everywhere. Um, even though you didn't hear his name called much, he was everywhere on the field. Um, he played in different spots. He moved from star to linebacker a lot, um, and it was good to see. We need that speed on the field because there is going to be some times when there's uh, tight ends or wide receivers in four wide receiver sets, he's going to have to cover, and he doesn't have to come off the field. I like that versatility. Uh, James Houston, some good plays, some really boneheaded plays. Got to be smarter out there. Make smarter decisions. You don't have to hit somebody when they're already out of bounds. Um, but most of the time, he was aggressive. I like that from my linebackers. That gives us basically three or four linebackers we can count on right now. Um, you can throw some other players in there who could play that position, but those four I'm really set on, and they really did a good job in this game one. Uh, defensive line, the starting front four, I have no issue with. Shuler, Campbell, Grenard, Zuniga. They're going to dominate 
any team out there. Um, can't wait to see them. Hopefully, all four of them stay healthy all year. Um, they're going to be dominant. The rotation, I love. Um, had some backups that played some really good really good minutes and gave some really good efforts on, on some plays. Uh, Moon was excellent. If you watched the game and you didn't see number seven all over the field and you were watching the wrong game, that's what I need to see from Jeremiah Moon every single game. He was everywhere. I give him his props. Uh, Zach Carter was a little quiet, but he made a couple plays in the run game. Um, also came in on passing downs. Marlon Dunlap, great. Played great. Looked like our second best defensive tackle on the team. Um, hopefully he can get some more playing time, and that'll push some other guys that, to know that, hey, if you play well, you're going to get on the field. Um Defensive line, the rotation is great. The one place that worries me so much, and I'm tired of saying it, everybody's tired of saying it, but we see it every single game. We've been seeing it for a long time, and that's the safety position. Unfortunately, my guy was out. Um, I need him back on the field. He knows he needs to get back on the field. We don't need to tell him that. Every time he doesn't play, we see how bad this secondary struggles, so they need him to be out on the field. Um, Brad Stewart, we need you out there. You're the best we have on the back end. Um, we don't have another player like you can, who can go make those plays, so we need you to, to get out on the field, get things in order, get out there, and hold the fort. Um, as far as some of the other ones, Really impressed with Sean Davis. He didn't really make many plays on the ball because it didn't come his way that much, but he came up and made tackles. He was physical. Um, I like the aggression from him. Hopefully we can see that every single game. That's what he needs to be consistent. As far as the other two, Steiner. Steiner was actually benched for 31. Um, I don't know what was going on with Donovan Steiner in this game. Um, it was... It was just a struggle for him um, from the get-go, from the, from the beginning. And I'm glad they made the change to 31. Hopefully that helps him to get his head on straight. Uh, 29 started off really rough. Um, the play on the touchdown to Brevin Jordan, you got to come up and make that tackle. You're the last line of defense. Uh, make the tackle. It's really simple. I don't know if you're scared because you've been in a red non-contact jersey all camp or what, but come up and make the tackle. It's really easy. Wrap up. Um, he closed out the game stronger than he started it off, um, but still got to get much better play from the safeties, man. That's This is holding our defense back from being a good defense to an elite defense. Safety play. We got to have good safety play because you're the last line of defense you're the ones we count on when everything else breaks down. You have to come up and make those plays. Hopefully, we can change some things up a little bit, get a better rotation. If we need to move 30 back to star sometimes and get 21 back at safety just to help out, um, I'm all for it. We just need to figure something out, and we got to have number two on the field. If he's not out there, then everything looks like it's just pedestrian. So we got to have number two on the field. I've told him, man, he knows that. Um, hopefully he can get back out on the field. It's as simple as that. Um, now, tackling, we still having a problem with that, but it's the first game. Got to wrap up, and you got to give better effort. Uh, a couple plays, Marco and CJ. I understand your cornerbacks. Cornerbacks whiff on tackle sometimes, but that was just bad effort. Got to do better. Um, can't have that. You can't have Jeff Thomas splitting two safeties on one play, 13 and 29. That makes no sense. One of you on the sideline and the other one scared to even put a finger on them and you let them spin right between you. Can't have that. That's just poor effort. Can't have that. On the long touchdown run by DJ Dallas, uh, Ventra Miller made contact first. Bring him down. It's that simple. Come on, man. You can't have that. That's that's simple things, and it's simple things that can be fixed, but you shouldn't have a problem with tackling. You get your hands on the ball carrier. You hold on to him. Even if you don't bring him down by yourself, 
You hold on to them until your rest of your teammates can get there, and you get them down to the ground. That's what the great teams do. They tackle. If you missing tackles, you can't be great. It's as simple as that. Why are we missing tackles on players who aren't even the best that we're going to see on the schedule? I don't understand that because let's be honest. DJ Dallas, he's a good running back, but he's not the best running back we're going to see on the schedule. Make the tackle. It's not that hard. Come on, let's let's be better. We got to go out there and show people that we deserve to be a top 10 team. We didn't show that in week one. It's week one, well, it's week zero, first game of the season. But we got to be better on the field. They know it. Coaches know it. Fans know it. Players know it. So let's just go out there and be better. We can do better. We can give a better effort. Everybody knows that. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it fixed. Long season ahead. I'm still encouraged. I don't know about everybody else. But I'm encouraged about how the team played, how they looked in a rivalry game, getting through adversity, and coming out with the win. So I'm excited about that. Um, I don't know about everybody else. They can complain as much as they want. That game is over. I'm glad it's over. I was stressing about it <laughs> all the way up until week one. I, I put on the front about it saying, oh, yeah, we were going to win. I knew we were going to win, but I didn't know. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be a close game, which I'm happy we put off the win. So um, moving forward, I expect us to be better. We will be better, and we'll show everybody that we deserve to be talked about as a serious contender in the SEC from now on. Now we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get into the rest of college football action coming up in week one, and we're actually going to get through some picks. we got some games lined up. We're going to get through some picks and let you know who I like this coming weekend, um, let you know which games are going to be closer. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll get to those picks, and we'll just break it down, college football. But let's take a quick break. We're going to get a word from one of our sponsors. All right, welcome back to Real Sports Talk, man. Um, done breaking down the game. So let's get into some picks that we're going to have for week one. Um, some real good matchups, really. Um, but a couple games that I really, really want to get into um, that most people are talking about. Um, but let's go down to week one games. Just some games for me that I'm really going to be keeping a close eye on. Um, I love football, so I'm going to be watching most of the games. But uh, just to keep a close eye on some of the games, uh, first off, let's go down the list. Uh, Georgia Tech taking on Clemson. Um, Utah taking on BYU. Ole Miss taking on Memphis. Duke and Bama. We've got um, South Carolina taking on North Carolina. Uh, Northwestern taking on Stanford. Virginia Tech in Boston College. Boise State taking on FSU. Um, Georgia playing Vandy this weekend. Oregon and Auburn is really the big game of the weekend. Um, Virginia taking on Pittsburgh. Fresno State versus USC. we got Houston versus Oklahoma. And also Notre Dame versus Louisville. So that's the list of games that I'm really going to be interested in watching. Um, first off, let's go down the list with a couple picks. We're going to start off, first things first, with... The Georgia Tech and Clemson game. Obviously, I'm not going to pick Georgia Tech. I'm not stupid. Um, Clemson is going to win. I want to see how they look um, with that basically revamp defense. A couple returning starters. I think they only have like three or four returning. Um, recruited well, so that defense is going to be um, new look, but same scheme. Brent Venables does an excellent job. Um, that offense basically with the same returning starters. Um, outside of a couple on the offensive line, uh, I want to see Trevor Lawrence light it up. Um, Georgia Tech is going to be breaking in a new offense, um, really a totally different team from what they were used to. So it's going to be different to see them. It's going to take a couple years for them to get it together, uh, but I'm excited about direct the direction they can go in. But Clemson wins big in that one. Um, Utah and BYU. This one is going to be a tough one. Um, the spread is only six and a half. I think Utah covers that. Um, but I think it's going to be a physical game. Everybody seems to be on the Utah bandwagon. I think they're going to have a great year. They have a great team, a great running back who I love. Hopefully he stays healthy all year. Zach Moss, um, really good running back, uh, really good defense. 
I just don't see the hype as far as them being a playoff contender. I don't, me personally, I don't have them winning the Pac-12. Um, I still think that's Washington, but I think they do have a good year. I think Washington is their only loss on the schedule. I think they go 11-1 and with that loss, um, but I do think they may end up playing again in the Pac-12 championship. So we'll we'll see. We'll have to see down the line how that goes. But I got Utah in this game covering the spread. Um, Ole Miss playing Memphis. Now, this is a tough one for me because both teams are going to be able to score. Um, which defense can come up with the stop? I seem to trust Memphis a little bit more than other people. Um, Ole Miss did lose a lot on offense, but it's Ole Miss. They should be able to find receivers. They grow receivers, basically. Um, how does that defense perform? I think Memphis wins the game, so I'm going to take Memphis in that one. Um, next game on the list was Duke at Bama, Duke and Bama. Um, I'm taking Bama, of course. Uh, let's not let's not be idiots. Um, I just want to see how big of a margin it is. Uh, once again, the big news out of Bama this week: uh, Dylan Moses tearing um, his knee up. He's going to be out for the year. Um, who do they replace him with? I know Christian Harris is going to be starting in the other middle linebacker spot. That's a guy I was high on. I really wanted him um, to be at Florida right now. Uh, but, you know, I always want a couple Louisiana guys every year. But I think he's going to be a good one. Um, it's just going to be different not seeing Dylan Moses in the middle of that defense. How do they adjust? I still think they're going to win big. I still think they have the talent to run through the SEC West um, and get to the SEC championship game. Um, but that is a big loss. For those who say it's not, uh, it is. It's a big loss. Um, you're losing basically the quarterback of the defense. And he was going to be a potential first-round pick. So losing him really hurts. But they do have the talent to not replace him, but – um, have people standing in its place. So we'll see how that affects them in week one. It may not affect them that much versus Duke, but later on down the line, we'll see how it goes. Uh, next game, Northwestern versus Stanford. Northwestern always plays tough. Pat always has that team ready to play. Um, I just think Stanford is going to be too much. Uh, that defense is going to be feisty. Hopefully we see that offense get back to what it wants to do, which is run the football. Um, last year they threw the ball much better than they ran it a lot of that was due to Bryce Love not being Bryce Love but hopefully they can get back to um, running the football get that play action game going KJ Costello is one of the top I say top three or four probably top three uh, quarterbacks in the Pac-12 along with um, probably Justin Herbert and I would throw in Jacob Eason in there as well. So um, he's top two or three. I would probably put him at three for right now. Um, but Stanford gets the win in that one. Virginia Tech and Boston College. This is a very interesting game. Virginia Tech um, going to look a little different. They lost a couple weapons on offense and defense. Um, but it's Virginia Tech. We know what they can do. I actually have Boston College winning the game. I like Boston College a lot more than everybody else does. Um, just one of those things. I like A.J. Dillon. I'm expecting him to bounce back and come up real big in this game. Um, hopefully their quarterback is back and healthy and he can make some plays. That defense is always going to be stingy under Adazio. Um, so I like Boston College to win the game. I think it's going to be really close, but Boston College gets the win. That's my pick. Boise State FSU, I've been – with Boise State the whole offseason. I'm not going to change that now. Uh, Got to wait and see on FSU. I think Blackman is the better quarterback between what they had last year. Should have been a starter. I don't know what they had going on. I don't know how he couldn't beat out Francois, but he wins the starting job this year. Still don't trust that offense. That defense is very overrated. Um, Boise State is just Boise State even though they're a little down and they're starting a true freshman quarterback. Um, juniors and seniors all over that roster. A real good defense coming back from last year. Um, and defense travels, so they're going to – I think they pick up the win against FSU and move to 1-0, drop FSU to 0-1. UGA 
and Vandy. So Georgia taking on Vandy in week one, an SEC matchup in week one. Um, I'm going to pick Georgia to win, but I think it's going to be closer than everybody thinks it is. The spread, I think, is 23. Um, I don't like that spread. Um, that seems a little high. I know Vandy has lost some on defense, and they're breaking in a new quarterback from Ball State, Riley Neal. Um, I think he plays well. He has some weapons on offense around him, specifically Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalijah Linscombe, and also uh, Jared Pinckney. So those three weapons are going to give him some targets to get the ball to, take pressure off of him in his first game. I don't think Georgia's defense is as good as they think it is on paper. Um, the offense should be okay with DeAndre Swift um, and Jake Fromm back. That offensive line is going to be dominant again this year. Um, that offensive line has is probably the best in college football, bar none. Um, so they're going to give them time. I think Georgia gets the win, but I think the game is closer than people think it is. Um, but once again, Georgia pulls the victory in week one. They go to 1-0 and and drop Vandy to 0-1 in SEC play. The big game of the weekend, everybody has been talking about it all offseason, Oregon versus Auburn. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I really like Oregon in this game. I think they, they've been my pick all offseason. Um, Auburn breaking in a new quarterback, a true freshman, um, Bo Nix. Um, I just don't trust Gus Malzahn. Um, even though he's won a couple big games in his career and he has a good defense, um, that offense, I'm not really trusting him. Uh, Oregon's offense is all predicated on Justin Herbert and his ability to throw the football. Um, they have some running backs returning. That offensive line, I think, returned four or five starters from a really good one from last year. Um, the receiving core, they got to find another number one target with Dylan Mitchell leaving, but I believe Jawan Johnson is one of the best transfers they could have gotten, and I think he comes in as that number one target for Justin Herbert, and it's a draft year for Herbert. He got he has to make something happen, and I think he puts on a show week one, and they get the win against Auburn. Some people are going to say Auburn should win um, based on the offense, uh, especially that defensive line. They're going to be tough um, to face for all teams all season. A defensive line, and also they have a good safety back there as well. Um, but I just don't think they can stop Oregon in this game. Um, if Oregon gives Justin Herbert time, he's going to find receivers, and they're going to make plays, and I think Oregon gets the win in week one. So Oregon over Auburn in week one. Now Virginia versus Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough one for both teams. I'm picking Virginia because I like them. Um, actually, to I picked them to win the Coastal. Again, I think they're going to take on Clemson in the ACC championship all because of Bryce Perkins. Um, if he plays, if he elevates his game just a little bit, he can elevate his draft stock as well, um, which nobody is talking about him being drafted, but he's a really good quarterback. Um, trusting him to make plays out there. Pittsburgh is always a tough matchup no matter who they're playing, um, but I trust Bryce Perkins and that team also um, – Bryce Hall, their cornerback, he's going to help make some plays as well. One of the best corners in the country. Um, so that team has some weapons. They're going to come out. They're going to play tough football. Bronco Mendenhall is going to have them ready, and they're going to start their um, repeat as Coastal Champions with a win over Pittsburgh on, on Saturday. Now, Fresno State versus USC. We know Fresno State is always a tough team. Um, they've gotten better every year. Once again, I'm expecting them to have a good year. At some point in time, you expect USC is going to bounce back and eventually become a powerhouse once again. Um, I'm going to pick USC to win this game. I hope that they have a good season. I don't have them winning the Pac-12 South this year. I think Utah does win it. But I think USC is possibly a year away from getting back to where they used to be, which is getting to the Pac-12 championship, possibly winning the conference. I think they're they're getting the talent once again. They just got to put it all together. And I think it starts this year, and then next year is where they really put it all together. So I'm going to pick USC, even though it's going to be a tough game. Um, I'm going to pick USC to win the game. Um, 
Let's move on to the next one, which is going to be played, I believe, on on Sunday. If it's not Sunday, it's Monday, but I believe it's Sunday. Um, Houston versus Oklahoma. Now, I'm going to pick Oklahoma and win this game, and the spread is 23. I don't think it's going to be a 23-point win. I, don't, I think Houston is going to cover that. Um, it's going to be much closer than I think people expect. Neither team has a great defense on paper. Oklahoma should have the better offense with that offensive line. Um, bringing in four or five new starters, but they the system that Lincoln Riley runs is predicated on getting the run game going and having a quarterback who can make good decisions. They have that. Justin Hurts is one of the best in college football. He's going to prove that he's one of the best. He has one of the best receiving cores out there. Um, the running game is going to be great. Uh, the defense just has to make some stops. And the thing is, when you're taking on a team like Houston with a Heisman um, candidate in the Eric King at quarterback and some really good offensive talent, you're going to struggle in week one. So I'm expecting Houston to cover. I think it might be with it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's within a touchdown or 10 points or so. That's how good De'Aaron King and his Houston offense can be. Before he got hurt last year, he had accounted for 50 touchdowns, which is crazy. But nobody's talking about him because he's like a 5'10 quarterback. We don't really talk about those guys unless they're lighting it up at big-name schools like Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. But De'Aaron King is just as good as anybody else in the country, and people are going to have to find out. So when they find out, they'll know that De'Aaron King is the one who kept the game close versus Oklahoma. If he pulls off the upset, I wouldn't be surprised. This is Houston we're talking about. They're known for playing big games in week one, and sometimes they get it done. So De'Aaron King, know the name. If they do it, once again, it's Dana Hogerson's first game coaching Houston. We know Dana is always going to have a good offense. He has to just have a, a decent defense, and they can do some things. I'm going to pick Oklahoma, but I think it's going to be closer than that spread indicates. So uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to watching that one. I think it's going to be a duel of two of the best quarterbacks in college football. Last game to talk about from week one is Notre Dame and Louisville. I'm expecting Notre Dame to win this game big. I don't trust Louisville. I, I have no idea what happened to Louisville after Lamar Jackson left. They just fell apart. Um, expecting more from Jawan Pass last year. He's going to be the starter again this year. Uh, I don't think he lasts the whole season because I haven't seen it. Um, I just don't trust him at all. Notre Dame trying to get back to the playoffs. Uh, I like Ian Book. Um, don't think he's on that elite level of quarterbacks, but he's a good one. So he's one you can trust. Um, want to see how the rest of the team holds up, the defense especially. I want to see how they hold up. Looking forward to watching my guy Lawrence Keyes play in the slot. I want to see him make some plays. It looks like he's running with the ones in practice. So if he's a starter, I'm expecting him to make some big plays against that Louisville secondary. And once again, Notre Dame gets the win. So um, some good games. Once again, good slate of football for week one. I'm just excited for football to be back in general. doesn't matter. High school, college, NFL, um, any football is good for me. I'll watch it all. Um, I'm just glad college football is back. Um, my team is back on the field. We're 1-0. Only team in college football that's 1-0 right now. Um, but a lot of teams going to be joining us. So um, look out for us the rest of the year, man. We may be traveling around the state of Louisiana when we get a chance to try to look for some high school football, look for some standouts, and get some guys, possibly either get them on the podcast or even uh, get some film so we can put it on Twitter just for y'all to see just how good some Louisiana football can be. I know a lot of people are from Florida or they're from the East Coast. They see that East Coast football. Just want to let y'all know we play some football down here in Louisiana too. Now, I don't I don't think we're just these country country kids down here. We play some football down here. So uh, we're going to try to travel, get you some big-name prospects, um, may get core more. Going to be a lot of, got a lot of LSU kids now. Um, this is Louisiana we're talking about. It's LSU country. Uh, Coy Moore, um, try to get Mason Smith games in there. Ja'Kai Douglas, who's a FSU commit. 
Uh, may get to a couple of their games as well. Uh, try to get to Zachary to watch Chris Hilton, who's the number one receiver in the state for the class of 2021. Um, just some different guys. I believe Zachary takes on Deerfield um, this year, so we may try to make it out to that game as well. Um, trying to get to the Rumble and John Curtis game. Um, if you're trying to get to some Louisiana games, just let me know, man. Uh, we may be able to link up and, and see some good football. But um, like I said, all kind of football going on, college, high school, NFL. I'm just glad football is back. Um, but like I said, this episode is a solo one, man. Hopefully next week all the technical issues have been worked out. We can get Corey and D-Mill back on the podcast. Hopefully get some more um, guests on the podcast as well. Um, may get some big big name guests in the near future to come and talk football on here uh, possibly talk about recruiting as well um, just want to break some things down and keep bringing out some good content man this is real sports talk once again micah chapman you can follow me on twitter micah underscore chapman follow me on instagram the soulful voice d-a soulful voice yes i do a little bit of singing as well uh so don't worry about that uh we'll get to that a little bit later but um Real sports talk, man. We're just trying to bring y'all some good content. Good content. If you want to be a sponsor, let's talk about that. If you want to be a sponsor of this podcast, um, just send me a DM. Uh, send a DM to Corey, and you can become a sponsor. We'll get you sponsored on here. Um, give you shout-outs throughout the show. Record radio spots for you as well. Um, we do different things. But if you want to become an active sponsor, just let us know. We'll try to set that up for you. If you want to donate to us, let that let us know. We just want to keep this podcast going because it's something great that we got into. It started off small, but it's something that's becoming bigger than we thought it could be, and we want to just keep it going. So if you want to become a sponsor, let us know. Um, we would really appreciate it. We do some great things, but we want to do even greater things and keep this thing going. Um, but once again, it's time for me to sign off, man. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast this week. I know it's solo, but we'll bring it back next week, hopefully, with all three of us back on at the same time. But once again, this is Micah Chapman. You can follow me on Twitter, Micah underscore Chapman. Um, check out my pinned tweet. Donate if you can. I would really appreciate it. But it's time for me to sign off, man. Week one of college football is here, and it's time to see some great football action. Looking forward to the season. Hope you all enjoyed as well. But this is Real Sports Talk. Micah signing off. Once again, RIP Nip, man. Um, it's all love from here, man. We'll bring you all some good content throughout the season. Hopefully you enjoy all of it. So it's time for me to sign off. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time. Change cause it's inside of me. Trying to stack my chips and it's enough to feed my family. Want the whole world to know the hood is still inside of me. I'm trying to make them believe.